Jim Davis Show. This, this is, is fun. fun. You think there's something out there? We know there's something out there. Call or text the team line at 970-242-1340. than never. Good morning. Jim along with Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. Most trusted name in automobiles. Not our fault. Not our fault. Ghost in the machine, gremlins, whatever the case may be. Uh, we, we, certainly there's some things to whine about today, but but not a lot because very Rockies fan, which normally whining is part of your your everyday regimen. It's, it's in the... It's, in the contract when you sign up to be a fan. Yeah, it's like brushing your teeth or, or paying taxes. Yeah. You, you you whine about things with the Rockies, but today, today's that rare day where the sun's a little brighter, the, the air is a little cleaner. It's it's a wonderful, wonderful day because Todd Helton, now a member of the baseball hall of fame. Joe Maurer, Adrian Beltre. Maurer, just the third catcher ever selected on the first ballot. But uh, Todd Helton, just the second Rocky ever to go to the Baseball Hall of Fame. <laughs> Joining, of course, the legendary Larry Walker. So that the guy. Todd, so the Todd father has his place in uh, Cooperstown, New York. July 21st is when he'll be inducted. And uh, we'll go in with, uh, as I mentioned, Joe Maurer, Adrian Beltre, and one-time Rockies manager Jim Leyland, who also managed Detroit, uh, also the Florida Marlins as well. But uh, the uh, the Rockies getting Helton in. And now the question is, who's next? Is it Andres Galarraga? Is it Troy Tulowitzki? Galarraga had some some great years in Colorado at one point. Hit three seventy. As a Rocky, great years in Montreal, and then later with Atlanta after his time in in Denver. High strikeout guy, though. Don't know if the numbers are are, are ever going to be good enough to get him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Tulowitzki's problem was going to be a, a, an injury shortened career mm-hmm. for Tulo. And how will the voters view that when healthy? One of the very best shortstops in baseball, period. Went healthy. And there came a point where that wasn't nearly often enough. So if you got some thoughts on on who will be next for the Rockies, who's the next candidate, maybe not necessarily gets in, but who's the next candidate, you can uh, text or call us today on the team line, 970-242-1340. If you got something to whine about today, Glitch in the machine. Thank you to our IT guy, Bob. Yes, thank you, Bob. Can do stuff from home. Thank you, Bob. So we didn't have to drive in here and hurry in here to, to fix it. We appreciate that. All right, so we have a busy show today. Uh, Wildcat uh, Hall of Fame out at Fruit of Monuments uh, coming up on February 2nd when they take on Central. And uh, we'll talk with Wendy Caldwell. She was uh, a senior on the 82 Girls State Championship basketball team. So uh, she'll join us coming up 
in the 8 o'clock hour. And uh, Tom Reed was an All-State quarterback at uh, Fruital Monument back in the day. And uh, he'll be going into the Hall of Fame. Can I just so, say, I, I, I don't know if his parents intended it to be this way, but Tom Reed, quarterback. That just sounds like straight no. out of Central Cast. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> I mean, it worked. It worked yeah, for him. Yeah. Uh, of course, his uh, late brother, Larry, was the Cobra, was an incredible wrestler. Oh, at, that's a great name. At, uh, at Fruto Monument. They went on to wrestle at uh, Northern Colorado, had a very good collegiate career. And um, So, uh, you know, the, the Reed family's had uh, some, some really good athletic success at uh, Fruta and Fruta Monument High School. But uh, Tom Reed, who uh, I saw Tom last night, he is uh, still battling a bit of a sore throat. And he's like, are you sure you want me to do this? And I'm like, we've all been there. I'm like, Tom, you sound fine. You'll be good. So uh, we'll talk with uh, with him coming up uh, in the uh, the nine o'clock hour. And of course, uh, Connor McGahee will join us. Avs Capitals tonight, Ovechkin and uh, the Avalanche uh, score off tonight as the Capitals uh, come to Ball Arena. And uh, we'll also have a CSU play-by-play voice, uh, Brian Roth, as well. So it's a busy show this morning. Uh, you can text or call us once again on on Todd Helton's selection. It, you, maybe one of your favorite Todd Helton memories. And oh. for a lot of people, it'll be, well, the, the clip that we played yesterday, which, of course, was the, the two-run home run against the Dodgers. Part of that that run to get to the playoffs, and they were in fourth place in the West. And went all the way to the World Series in 07. Uh, a very memorable moment in Todd Helton's career. The fist pump, which he did yesterday, too, when he got yep. the call. Just couldn't be happier for Todd Helton. And, you know, what an incredible, incredible ride it's been for Todd Helton. At Tennessee, we played quarterback and he played baseball. We're going to talk about that coming up in soundcheck. Lost, lost the quarterback gig to some guy named Peyton Manning. That guy. But it, you know, it all worked out for both those guys pretty well. Pretty, pretty good. And how cool was it that they both ended up play, you know, finishing their careers in the same city? Yeah. After their collegiate career together. I just that's just so cool, um, but just thrilled for Todd Helton and uh, his wife Christy, his daughters Tierney Faith and Gentry Grace, and um, his mother Martha. Which I thought this was a a sweet story that sometimes Martha would would come to watch Todd uh, play baseball. Um, you know, of course, as a professional, and after a game, Todd would would go down, take his spikes off, and everything put on his slippers and he would like walk his mother out to her car Aww. after the game. Just such, such a sweet story. That is sweet. And so um, for Todd Helton, I said, um, you know, we had the chance to, to be around him on a couple of occasions. Uh, just a classy guy, an incredible baseball player. And now a member of the baseball hall of fame. And, um, you know, he, you know, he, you know, like except with his mom, uh, usually would be in San Diego when, because uh, I believe she lived out there and would, um, you know, that's when she would stop and, and watch him play when the Rockies were playing out in uh, San Diego. So anyway, we've got some thoughts, some memories about Todd Helton with uh, maybe one of your favorite Todd Helton moments. You can uh, text or call us on the team line today, 970-242-1340. Busy show today. I always appreciate you listening. Uh, 
Sorry we got a little bit late today, but... Uh, Again, not our fault. Technical problems uh, were not helping. So, anyway, we're on, and we're glad to be here with you on this Wednesday morning. All right, uh, so let's get things going with... What's happening? And it's brought to you by Comwest, your technology service partner. They help business owners grow their business by providing quality, reliable, personalized technology solutions that support and secure their business technology consistently and professionally. One call, one team, one goal. Helping your business grow. They can help you install a new business phone system or improve your surveillance. Help you with cybersecurity, backup, and disaster recovery. Uh, a whole range of uh, IT things they can help you with with your business. Call them today at ComWest, 970-242-8142. Or go to ComWestCorp.com. And, of course, the, the big news is what was announced uh, late uh, yesterday afternoon, early evening, the Todd Fathers, now a member of the Baseball Hall of Fame, Rockies great Todd Elton, gave a signature fist bump when he received the call that he was selected for the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York. The former first baseman received 79.7% of the votes to join former Texas third baseman Adrian Beltre and former Minnesota catcher Joe Maurer. Elton spoke with the MLB Network after the announcement. I just, um, I, I really didn't think the phone was going to ring. And when it rang, I was, uh, yeah, I was still in shock. Um, when it said Hall of Fame on it, I was uh, very happy. And, you know, it's this is something you don't play for, but you, obviously it's the, the greatest um, the greatest award you can have as a baseball player. Elton becomes the second Rocky to go to the Hall of Fame, joining former teammate Larry Walker, former Detroit, Florida, and Colorado manager Jim Leland, will also go to the Hall of Fame or into the Hall of Fame after he was selected by the Contemporary Era Committee. Another day, another Nikola Jokic triple double. Nuggets feet of the Pacers in Indiana, one fourteen to one oh nine Tuesday night. Joker with the dagger three at the end. He finished with thirty one points, thirteen rebounds, and ten assists. Jamal Murray also had thirty one points in the Nuggets win, along with eight rebounds and seven assists. Coach Mike Malone liked the challenge of the win. Tremendous win. You know, the, the, what I liked about tonight was it wasn't easy. Yeah, I mean, we, we had to work for this and we had to pick up our energy and uh, we we're able to do so. Now we have one game left on this odyssey of a trip and hopefully we can find a way to go to New York and um, and try to get one more. Jokic has now recorded a triple-double against 28 of the 29 NBA teams. Nuggets road trip concludes with a visit to the Knicks tomorrow at Madison Square Garden. And you hear that game tomorrow on the Team Sports Network pregame starts at 5 o'clock for that one. Other Nuggets news, Aaron Gordon's been selected to represent Team USA in the national team player pool. Tonight, the Avs host Washington. Coverage starts at 7 on the Team Sports Network. In a busy Tuesday night of Southwestern League basketball, Fruital Monument swept their girls' and boys' home games with Montrose, while Central split at home with Grand Junction. The Wildcat girls defeated the Red Hawks 35-22 with Fruital Monument's Campbell Bramer and Liv Campbell each scoring 11 points each. Wildcats coach Jeff Johnson says he hopes Bramer can become a bigger offensive threat. She's a hard one to figure out sometimes because uh, she says she wants to score, and I said, hey, go get some offense rebounds. You get easy putbacks, and, and she does a great job on the defense and uh, rebounding, and she's just a battler, uh, and you can say that about all our bigs under there. And Brammer was a real force in the glass last night. Uh, also helped with Macy Ober getting into foul trouble for, for Montrose, uh, their big post player. Uh, Addie Air added seven points for Fruit of Mon as they improved a 13-2 and overall, 2-0 and in the SWL. Montrose is paced by Tegan Rocco, seven points. The Red Hawks slipped to 10 and 4 overall, 0 and 2 in league. Wildcats have now won nine straight against Montrose. The Fruit of Monument boys defeated Montrose 49 to 34 for their third straight one against the Red Hawks. In a battle of the league's top two scores, the Wildcats' Daniel Thomason scored a game high 24 points, with the Red Hawks' Caleb Ferguson scoring 10. 
Where the monument moves to 17 and 0 with the victory. It's hard to enjoy in the moment. Try to, but you're on to the next opponent. I can tell you there's some moments in the summer when we were installing our defense. I'd have been surprised if we weren't 0 17. It's just a credit to the guys and how much they've really bought in and just executed it. And we're definitely not perfect, but thrilled with where we're at. Wildcats coach Michael Wells, Bruno Monument moves to 2 0 in league play with Montrose falling to 11 3 and 0 2 in the SWL. The Central Girls basketball team moved to 3-0 in league play after defeating Grand Junction 64-40 Tuesday night. The Warriors' Christina Manzanares exploded for 33 points as Central defeating the Tigers for the ninth straight game. You know what makes Southwestern League so hard is the fact that there's not very many teams. It's almost like college football where there is no game off and you got to play every game and go towards that undefeated so you don't care Coach Mary Doan and the band. And also. the Central Pep Band behind Sounded her. Sounded really good. Uh, Central improves to 7-8 overall. Grand Junction dropping to 4-11, 0-3 in league. And the Grand Junction boys snapped a two-game losing streak with their 58-41 win at Central. Tigers coach Dutch Johnson plays with the scoring balance of his team in the victory. Hearing four guys in double figures. I didn't know that until you just said that. It's music to my ears because we have struggled to score this year. And I do think we're balanced. Will's our guy. We need to play through him. And it makes everybody else's job easier. So, yeah, to see four guys in double figures, that's awesome. Brett Whitek, 16 points. Love the way with Will Applegate adding 13 points along with Edison Dean's 12 points and Declan Lake's 10 points. Tigers moved 11-5 and five overall. They're 1-3 and three in league play with the Warriors sliding to 8-7 and seven overall. They're now 2-1. and one. In league, and the Caprock Academy girls basketball team squared off against Plateau Valley Tuesday night. The Cowgirls down the Eagles 59 to 24 as Plateau Valley improves to eight and two overall and three and one. And the 1A Western Slope League Caprock Academy slips to six and six overall. They're two and three in league play. Plateau Valley's Emmeline Ely scored a game high 19 points with the Eagles. Penny Underwood scoring 11. No scores available for the boys' game between Plateau Valley and Caprock Academy. And that's a look at what's happening. Once again, brought to you by ComWest, your technology service partner. If your business needs IT help or a new business phone system or improved surveillance, call them today at ComWest, 970-242-8142. Or go to ComWestCorp.com on the internet. All right, 719. And coming up next, uh, we'll look back at the Nuggets win last night. Denver wins in Indiana. Ahead to the Avalanche and uh, Capitals tonight. Of course, Connor McGahee will join us at 840 this morning to preview the Avs and the Caps. But that's all coming up on a Wine about a Wednesday if you got something you want to complain about today. Today is the day to do it because you can win a bottle of Talon wine by just complaining. Was the la- when was the last time truly the squeaky wheel got the grease? Exactly. And we're not talking about just any grease here. We're talking about delicious, a fantastic Talon wine. Just by complaining today. All you have to do is uh, send in your text today or give us a phone call. Love to hear from you. 970-242-1340. On the team line. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more on the Jim Davis Show. Cuckoo, loony, and crazy. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Thanks for joining us, 723. Jim along with Cake today. Buckeye boy on vacation this week. So uh, the Todd Fathers now member of the Hall of Fame. Uh, Michigan Mike's got a really good text. Let's see, his favorite Todd Hilton memory. Playing at Sam Saplesio Field is really cool and somewhat surreal. I forgot that he, it was like two games for the artist formerly known as the G.J. Rockies. Yeah, he had a brief rehab stint here. And um, 
a little press conference. I think I referenced that yesterday that uh, when he was in town. And yeah, it was. It was very surreal. That place was packed. I it bet. was like a Juco championship night game. <laughs> I bet. I mean, the, the, the couple of nights he was here, it was incredible. Uh, Michigan Mike now has a trip to Cooperstown plan. Of course, he's back at Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. And so it's uh, not too far of a jaunt. I was going to say, that's a, that's a decent road trip. Yeah, not bad. Mike, I'm jealous, man. I'm jealous. I know. You get to be there to see uh, Todd Helton going to the Hall of Fame July 21st. All right, so if you got some some thoughts about uh, Todd Helton making the Hall of Fame, Joe Maurer also going in, a uh, beloved figure in Minnesota Twins history. I know uh, our friend, uh, Super P1 guy, Guru Gary, is a big Twins fan, and so I'm sure he's thrilled that but Helton gets in, but also Joe Maurer as well. Joe well, Maurer seemed like a really, really good guy. I was uh, kept coming back from... Uh, Doing the game last night, I caught this little tidbit. I believe Joe Maurer is only the third catcher. That's where I was going next. But do you remember? Do you know the, uh, the two guys? The other two? Yeah, not a clue. <laughs> One of my childhood favorites. Uh, we should be clear: third catcher, first ballot to be first ballot. Hall right. Of only three guys have been inducted on in the first ballot at the catching position into the Hall of Fame, which is kind of insane if you yeah. think about it. I mean, all the incredible players at that position not even just the incredible players but like the years of baseball history yeah it's just three guys just three one of them a, a ch- and still will, will always have a special place in my heart the legendary johnny bench okay pudge yvonne yvonne rodriguez and now joe mauer that those three are the only catchers to go into the hall of fame on the first ballot it just seems Crazy with with the Yogi Berras and the Mike Piazzas and just, right, you know, guys of that that caliber, that ilk. And uh, he didn't get in by much. It was like four votes Oof. that he got in. I mean, it was by the the hair of his. Well, he doesn't really have a beard, but hair uh, <laughs> of Joe Mauer's chinny chin chin. That's something we have in common. And that, probably the only thing we have in common. That uh, he got in seventy six point one percent. 75% is the threshold. Right on the knife's edge. Yeah. And, of course, Adrian Beltre, incredible third baseman, started his career as a Dodger, bounced around a little bit, and then played, I believe, his final eight years as a Texas Ranger, uh, also going into the Baseball Hall of Fame along with Todd Helton. So, uh, But, Mike, that's a, that's a great Helton memory. So if you've got one today to honor, I know it's a wine about a Wednesday, but how about... A celebration Wednesday of Todd Elton going into the Baseball Hall of Fame. I think it's uh, only fitting we do that today. So you can text or call in on the team line, 970-242-1340. So the, the Nuggets went at Indiana last night. They uh, hosted the Pacers uh, about a week and a half or so ago. Mm. And that's when Bruce Brown got his championship ring. Bruce! Bruce! And so um, this time, Nuggets go to Indiana and doing well, kind of what they did the last time when they faced the Pacers, beat them. Yeah. And uh, Nikola Jokic with a, a huge game last night for Denver. Another triple-double. It's just it's just like... Day in the death, office. Death taxes and Nikola Jokic recording another triple-double. 31 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists, hit the big three at the end that, that sealed the deal for the Nuggets in their 114-109 victory last night at Indiana. And after the game, a little post Malone... Coach Michael Malone, I know in, in comments that he made, like the fact the Pacers made it tough on the Nuggets. Yeah. 
and really challenged them last night. Here's uh, Michael Malone after the game. Nicole and Jamal have been playing together for eight years, and how many close games have we won just letting those two play? And, uh, you know, we down the stretch, we went two-man game. I wanted to get Nicola in the post, force a double team or play straight up. He's going to make the right play. And then once we had a, a two, four-point lead, flatten the court out, let them play two-man game. And, uh, you know, Nicola popping for a three was just um, you know, kind of uh, the cherry on top. So tremendous win. You know, the, the, what I liked about tonight was it wasn't easy. Yeah, I mean, we, we had to work for this, and we had to pick up our energy, and uh, we were able to do so. Now we have one game left on this odyssey of a trip, and hopefully we can find a way to go to New York and um, and try to get one more. Nuggets have the Knicks tomorrow night. Our coverage will start at 5 uh, with Jason Kosminski on, on the team uh, Thursday night. And uh, so the Nuggets, uh, the 31 from Nikola Jokic, 31 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists. You also had a big night from Jamal Murray, 31 points as well. Eight uh, rebounds, seven assists. Gintavious Caldwell Pope with a good game. 14 points last night, five boards. And then uh, off the bench, Reggie Jackson with 13 points. Peyton Watson had seven last night. Um, rough night for Michael Porter. Five points and, and four rebounds. Uh, Aaron Gordon had nine points last night and just one board. But uh, the Nuggets uh, with the Jokic and Murray, Joker and Blue Arrow doing a lot of the heavy lifting last night. Get the job done, 114 to 109 in Indiana. So the Nuggets are now 31 and 14. And they currently are tied for second in the Western Conference with the Minnesota Timberwolves. T Wolves 30 and 13, Nuggets 31 and 14. And uh, the Thunder, actually, they're all three tied, excuse me. Pardon me, they're all tied for first. Ooh. And right now it's um, basically it's, uh, it's a tie with the Thunder Wolves on percentage, uh, on winning percentage. A tie between the Thunderwolves and uh, and the Timberwolves. Excuse me, the Thunderwolves. I'm combining teams. The Thunder and the Timberwolves. Uh, they're both at 698 right now. Nuggets 689. So it's those three teams essentially in a tie for first in the Western Conference right now. I was going to say Thunderwolves. I didn't know CSU Pueblo was no. uh, competing in the well, NBA now. No. Uh, I don't did, think that, I don't think they would enjoy it to be quite honest. No. Um, did you see or did you happen to see the video of the Jamal Murray KCP uh, right before they got to the free throw line clip? I have not. So at one point in the game, a technical was assessed and the Nuggets were going to the free throw line to take the shot. And it was between Jamal Murray and Contavious Caldwell Pope. And so in the clip, you can see the two of them as they walk in frame Rock, paper, scissoring to decide who takes the free throw. <laughs> and I love that. I love that, like, that's kind of where they're at right now. Like, all right, which one of us is going to take it? You? No, you. All right, rock, paper, scissors. All right, okay. I'll, I'll go. I love it. That's great. That's fantastic. So uh, we also are asking you to memories of Todd Helton, but also who will be the next Rocky. You would like to think it'll be somebody before Nolan Arenado. Ron says it'll be Nolan Arenado. That's a he pretty might, good pick. He might be very well right about that. He might be. Um, Pat, because I'm not sure who else it would be right now. Patrick Lyons, Rocky's uh, reporter, uh, said that the 2025 ballot for the Baseball Hall of Fame, your big headliners for it are Ichiro Suzuki and CeCe Sabathia. There are two former Rockies that are also going to be making the 2025 Hall of Fame ballot, and they are 
Troy Tulowitzki, and Carlos Gonzalez. I don't think Cargo's got the numbers. And that sucks because I love Carlos Gonzalez. Like, you know, you talk about... That's the thing too, right? This is what is kind of neat about Rocky's fandom. There's these, these names that keep popping up where in the lexicon of the hundred and whatever, 20 years of Major League Baseball history, nobody outside of the state of Colorado and probably not even outside of the city of Denver would give a hoot and holler about that are absolutely like they never have to pay for a drink at a bar in Lodo ever again. You're Carlos Gonzalez's of the world. You're Charlie Blackman's of the world. You're, you know, Todd Helton. Guys that probably, you know, and we talk about the East Coast bias all the time, probably in the national conversation don't get mentioned all that often. But in Colorado, these guys are heroes because they represent the best of the bad situation, which is they play great even if as a collective unit the Rockies are, to put it mildly, not great. And a lot of that is not even the player's own fault. It's a lot of things like management, ownership, decision-making, Hey, let's put a party deck on the stadium and, you know, at Coors Field. You know, it, it's the, the team, the team sucks, but we love these guys because they, right. they sort of overcome their obstacles. They're your guys. They're your guys. You know, I think probably has the best shot. I mean, no, no one seems like he's a lock. Hundred percent. But the way, but here's the thing: the way things ended, though, they also ended, they ended, they ended great. But here's another guy who I think probably, because he's already retired, could have a better. I mean, Ar, Arenado's book is not finished yet. No, there are still games to be played for Nolan Arenado. Are they going to be in St. Louis? That's the question. Yeah, that's, you know, that's the question <laughs> going forward. Uh, but another guy had a very nasty breakup. Matt Holiday. That's true. Holiday could very well be the next guy. Though, I mean, he had as many all-star appearances. He had eight years with St. Louis. But he had as many all-star game appearances with the Rockies as he did, or almost as many as with St. Louis, three times an all-star with the Rockies, four times with the Cardinals. Probably should have been the 07 National League Most Valuable Player. 100% agree. He didn't win it. He had 340 and 137 RBIs. And he wrapped up his career with the Rockies in 2018 and helped them get the postseason that year. I love the big cat. I just think under Scalaraga, too many strikeouts, possibly. Yeah. I don't think Vinny Castilla is a Hall of Famer. Tulowitzki, it's how much that they hold, the baseball writers hold the injury history against him. Which is both fair and unfair. 
because just on potential when he and when he was healthy, he was like I mentioned one of the, the very best shortstops in all of baseball. He was on. It almost felt like dead certain he would be a Hall of Famer, and then the the myriad of injuries started. We got hit in the in the hand with a pitch, and then yeah. leg issues, and then ends up another guy that had a very acrimonious departure from from the Rockies. I just think the injury history for Tulowitzki is going to work against him. And it we just, it just it just feels that way. Well, we we know too well here in Colorado the history of great player when healthy but when unhealthy shortened his career by a considerable margin, but does he still qualify as a Hall of Famer? And that would be one Terrell Davis. Now, difference, there's a big difference here. I, well, I, yeah. I know, I know. Yeah. But, but what I'm saying is, broadly speaking, we're familiar with, hey, this guy was great when he was healthy, but he was not always healthy, especially towards the latter half of his career. Now, what worked in Terrell Davis's favor was that he had two Super Bowl rings, a Super Bowl MVP, and a league MVP. And he rushed for 2,000 yards. And he ran for over 2,000 <laughs> yards. That worked in his favor because he had a Hall of Fame-worthy career in a truncated span of time. Whereas Troy Tulowitzki, and, and, and this is, I think, part of the larger problem, because I don't know, baseball to me, it seems like for Hall of Famers, the winning of a championship or a pennant doesn't to me, and I could be dead wrong on this. It doesn't seem to me that that carries as much weight as it does pro football hall of famers or basketball hall of famers. Because it's, it's more about the individual numbers. It's exactly because baseball, 300 wins, yep, 3000 hits. Those are numbers that typically get you into the hall of fame. And it's not well, how many world series did he win? Well, no. How many did he win? Three hundred games? Did he get three thousand hits? How many home runs did he end up with? It's it's more. You're right. It's more about the personal numbers that are accumulated over the course of a career, as opposed to how many World Series did he win? How many how many MVPs did he win? Right. But those, things, those things are helpful. And those things are part of of building a case for somebody. But now it's more about WAR and OPS, OPS plus. Yeah. It's also about the analytics too. About well, where does he rank among players in the Hall of Fame in terms of like with war and, and those numbers? And where does he rank amongst his his own contemporaries? The other thing too, and again, I, you know, like I said, I don't think championships necessarily carry as much weight as they do in other Hall of Fames and other sports. But you have to also take into consideration the sort of legacy of the teams that they played for. If you're a guy who played, let's say, six or seven seasons with the Yankees or the Dodgers or the Red Sox, and you had a good to great career in the in in that, you know, and in those teams, just by sheer association with the franchise, these, you know, these legacy now you know we're talking like the most famous named teams in sports that already bolsters your chances of getting into the hall of fame whereas a, a player from the colorado rockies 
a team that's only been in existence for 30 years at most and has in that 30 years accomplished virtually nothing save for one World Series where they got swept. Just the association of the team takes away from the individual player numbers. Plus, and we talk about it all the time, the course field issue where there's this, I don't want to say myth because I don't, because I think there is some truth to it, but there's this stigma about, well, if you were, if you played the majority of your games at a ballpark that has a greater chance of, you know, going out of the park or going out of, you know, in, increases your right. chances of getting runs, that that somehow that takes away from what you really accomplished. And it's like, you still got to hit the ball. You still got to go out there and swing at these 95 mile an hour heaters that guys are tossing you. You still got to have the skill set to do that. Doesn't matter if you're playing at Coors Field or at, you know, Marlins Stadium or the moon. You still got to have the skill set to do that. Right. And you know, I'm just looking at Tulowitzki's numbers here where he finished second in 07 for rookie of the year. Fifth I forgot of the, that 07 was his rookie year. Uh, fifth, he, he did play in 25 games in 06, but he didn't qualify. So it was 07. It you know, would have officially been his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, finished fifth in the MVP in 2009 when he played in 151 games. Hit 32 home runs that year and hit 297. Uh, All-star game selection, 2010, 2011. MVP finished fifth again, eighth in 2011 for the MVP. But there, there are years where, for example, 07, when they went to the World Series, played 155 games. That was that was his what? That was his high mark. Which that's that's a pretty good number. Play 162. He played 155 games. That's pretty good. Then you have 101, 151, 122, 143, 47 games in 2012. 126, 91, and then 2015 is when he got traded. Played 128 games between the Rockies and Toronto. And then played 121, 131 games in 2016, 66 in 2007, two, uh, excuse me, 260 in, pardon me, 66 in 2017. And then he ended up with the Yankees where he only played five games. It's it's going to be, those are be the, the numbers that are, are, are looked at where he only played in 66 games, 41, 87, 47 some prime years that that he lost, games that he lost, yeah, because of injuries. And, and you look at the home run numbers. His his high water you know mark year was '09 when he finished fifth for the MVP with 32 home runs. He drove in a hundred over a hundred runs just one time. That was 2011 when he uh, drove in 105. Came close in 07. Drove in 99. But he didn't really, 95 in 2010, but he had years where he, in 2012, he only knocked in 27. Injury plagued year. 2017, he only knocked in 26. Um, 
you know, there's some of those years like that that they're that become part of missed opportunities for Troy Tudelowitzki. Yeah. In terms of accumulating numbers, which like we talked about, that's it's a big part of getting in to the baseball hall of fame is accumulating numbers. But you know, Ron may very very well be right. It might be Nolan Arenado that is the the next guy that gets to go in that's played for the Rockies. Because I, I, Carlos Gonzalez. Well, throughout the morning, we'll we'll look at different candidates here mm. and, and kind of break down the numbers a little bit. But it's um, it could be a while before we see another Rocky in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but it's it been nice the well last be. couple of years we've seen Larry Walker and now Todd Helton going to the Hall of Fame. We should we need to embrace that and celebrate that today. So if you can got some great Todd Helton memories you want to share with us today, send it to us on the team line. Text or phone call. We'd love to hear from you on this Wednesday, which also it's a wine about a Wednesday with Talon Wine. So if you want to complain about something too, along with some warm uh, memories of Todd Helton, 970-242-1340. It's time for sound check. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Talking about Todd Helton, and we sometimes forget certain sports facts and then they get popped up and they oh yeah that's right sometimes it's easy to forget that peyton manning and todd helton were teammates at the university of tennessee and that peyton manning was in fact the backup quarterback to todd helton at tennessee but nonetheless his good friend peyton manning upon hearing the word of todd helton's induction to the hall of fame sent him well wishes todd congratulations on your induction into the National Baseball Hall of Fame. It's extremely well-deserved. I know how hard you've worked your entire life uh, to be the best baseball player that you could be. And this uh, honor uh, uh, shows all the hard work and all the sacrifice was worth it. And uh, I'm just proud to know you, proud to be your friend, and and proud to have been a witness uh, on your journey uh, to greatness that uh, ends in uh, Cooperstown. Congratulations, pal. One thing... Uh, to note, since it's just audio and there's no video. If you watch the clip and you look at Peyton Manning, think he's got a little bit of the um, Bosley. Oh, you think go- he's uh, trying to... think he's pulling to- a Brian Urlacher and uh, adding a little bit of uh, extra... Get, get the hair uh, to... Fill in, fill in a little bit. Fill in some of that uh, some of that forehead there. Looks gotcha. it looks it looks a little <laughs> huh. it looks a little thicker than what we're yeah. maybe used to. Good for PFM. No, I I'm Good all on him. board. Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> all Sorry, on board. Man. All right, seven forty seven. Well, those years of the helmet, you know, rubbing his forehead and yep. rubbing all the hair off his head. No. Uh, he deserves to have a full luscious head of hair. Exactly. All right, seven forty seven. He can go to that bar and throw Bud Light with him at Smith and exactly. have a full head of hair while he does it. Exactly. Uh, I do love the part of that, though, where it's like like the buddy movie. Like you have Emmett Smith and they look at each other like you're going to be in a bar fight. Like, let's go do this. Yeah. And then they throw the cans of beer. Exactly. I do love that part of it. All right, 747. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. It's the Western Slope's home of Colorado sports. Come on! This is the Jim Davis Show. Welcome back, 751. Jim along with Cake today. So if you got some great uh, 
Memories of Todd Helton, who, of course, now going to the Baseball Hall of Fame. And it wasn't as easy as it appeared to be for Todd Helton. We'll, we'll dive into that uh, next hour because he made the big jump. But then at the end, the numbers came down a little bit. Yeah. And didn't get super scary, but it kind of became concerning as those numbers started to drop a little bit. So anyway, we'll get to that uh, coming up here uh, next hour. But uh, we have Mike from Scottsdale listening on the mobile app today on the team line. Mike, how you doing? Good morning. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Can't complain. I mean, that's one on a Wednesday. I should, but I'm, I'm not going to. So what, what's on your mind, my friend? So to kind of echo the other caller's thoughts, Arenado's definitely the next Rocky to go into the Hall of Fame or player associated with the Rockies, which is kind of an indictment on their kind of whole farm system and player development because there's nobody else on the immediate horizon that you can think of that would, that is even Hall of Fame, you know, worthy. Um, looking back, I mean, the Dale Murphys of the world, you know, I looked at his stats closer. No, he's not. Really, Matt Holiday, Tulowitzki, they had starts where they were on a trajectory for that, but then that kind of, uh, you know, petered out. And uh, kind of the same thing with Cargo. So, unfortunately... Looks like Arenado's it for for now. It's starting to look that way. And, yeah, I, with Tulowitzki, like I said, I think the, the the years, the games lost due to injury, I think become a, a far bigger uh, millstone around his neck. I don't Carlos Gonzalez just doesn't have the numbers. I, I don't think he does. There are those, no. I think, that, that feel like he do. I That he does. I don't feel like he, he does. Um, you know, I, I love the big cat, but I don't, high strikeout guy. I don't think that's going to be the case. Holiday, maybe. Maybe Holiday gets in, but it, it does look more and more. Again, this list, Vinny Castilla. I, I just don't think Vinny Castilla's no. a Hall of Fame candidate at third base. I, I just don't. I mean, Rockies fans, we all loved him and adored him, but but uh, I don't I don't think Vinny's a, a Hall of Famer. So, yeah, he could very well. The, the Ron's right on his text that, that Arenado might be the next guy, and and I mean, that's where Todd's kind of a unicorn. He played all 17 years in Colorado, Mike. Those guys just don't don't happen anymore. Or you play your entire no, career in one place. Adrian Beltre is a good example of that. I mean, he bounced around a lot and played the last eight years with the Rangers, but bounced around a lot after he left the Dodgers. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, I'm I'm just I'm thrilled for Todd Helton. I know you're not particularly a big baseball guy, but but uh, I know there's the party. It's still. You're, I'm happy he got in. Yeah, your, your your feelings are still, you know, you still have uh, an affection for for teams here in Colorado, so I'm sure you're you're happy about that. Yes, happy to see that. Real quick, Larry Zimmer. I, I tried to call in the other day. But, yes, um, sorry, our timing was not a busy good on show. That. Yeah, it's okay. No, 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 no. Larry Zimmer. I started going to Bronco games in 1986. He is kind of the example of the long lost days of. I remember it to the day, the sound of his voice in thousands of transistor radios that people would take into Mile High Stadium and have him have that broadcast on while they're watching the game. But I can just, his voice was undeniable. I mean, just, I can hear, you know, I can still hear it now. The, the calls of the drive, the fumble, um, the Elway years, 
there's just so many highlights. And the Broncos put up a cool thing on their, um, <clears throat> I think it was their YouTube page or something, but I saw where they had a collection of his great Broncos calls through the years. And then not to say anything, and then you have the CU career with all the great calls there during the McCartney era. Um, and even through the Barnett era, you know, the, the Chris Brown game against Nebraska, the, the Texas uh, Conference Championship game. Just what a pillar in, you know, sports broadcasting in Colorado, obviously. But uh, don't make him like that anymore. Like I said, I, th- I think I gave Wyatt a good comment that, you know, he kind of reminds me of, of Larry Zimmer in a lot of ways. It's probably because they kind of worked together for a while, so... Yeah, there was there was a, a brief amount of crossover with, uh, of course, White as White mentioned. He's the one who replaced Larry Zimmer as the as the sports director at at eight fifty KOA uh, when when Larry right. was starting to kind of dial things back a little bit um, in his career. But uh, but yeah, I um, we had him on the show a few times. Uh, just a, a tremendous man, uh, great uh, great broadcaster. Remember, I go back a little bit farther than you with uh, remembering him working with Bob Martin. Uh, back in the seventies, and what a, what a great duo they were together. When when you had a, a fellow play by play guy broadcaster doing color with you, wasn't a, a former player or anything like that. Um, you know, the seventies is when that trend started, like with Merlin Olson on the booth and and John Brody and others. But uh, that was the, that was a case where you had two guys who were play by play radio guys working together, and man, they were really really good. Bob Martin was just fantastic. One last thing, Larry Zimmer. One last thing that was really cool, too, going to basketball games at the event center back in the day. We'd show up early and watch shoot-arounds and maybe heckle the other team a little bit. Even though CU was no good, it was fun to do that. Sure. But anyways, um, two guys that we had always talked to before the game started. One was Zimmer. The other was Irv Brown. Yeah, a couple so of fast cool. guys. Sadly, no longer with yep. us, either one of those gentlemen, but, but they were they were pillars of the broadcast community uh, in Colorado for, for decades. Appreciate it, man. Yep. Good to hear from you, Mike. All right. Yeah. All right. Take care. Yeah. And I, right. I found that, uh, that that Mike was talking about. Maybe we'll play that in around the NFL, the uh, audio clips of Larry Zimmer calling Broncos games. Oh, yeah. All right. So at uh, 7.58, we will take a break. 